Yo, 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 welcome back to the Walking Talking Podcast. I got two special guests here. The first one, you, you already know he is. He's a special guest host, Andy Sheep in the building. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? That's and then good. we got another special guest here for part two. We did the part one series on Andy's podcast. Make sure you, you guys check that out. But we got Dakota Layden here. How you doing today? Doing good. Happy to be here. Yes, good, good. Part two of this chat. Part two, <laughs> part two. Now we're going to dive right into it because Andy got our, the juicy details out the way. So why don't you tell people, like, what do you do, like, your show name and all that? What type of what type of stuff do you do? Yeah, so the, we used to have a TV show called Destination Fear. Uh, now it's a YouTube channel called Project Fear. Um, but yeah, we do paranormal, scary stuff. We travel across the country, sleeping uh, at some of the most haunted places yeah, in the yeah. world. Asylums, prisons, sanatoriums, everything. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. We did four seasons of TV, and now we're on YouTube. Crazy, crazy. So I want to know, what made you start, or how did you start? With the paranormal? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. You can start there. Like, what made you be like, I want to go, like, be scared by these type of things? Yeah, I mean, so when we were younger, we actually had stuff happen at our house. Um, more in the woods. Oh, really? Our house. Yeah. Like, when we, my dad built this house, he was told by a couple neighbors, like, don't build there. It's like, we've had hunters go in those woods and come out really scared of what they've seen. What? And so he still yeah. built it. He didn't let that bother him. <laughs> And then uh, we just had weird, freaky stuff when we were kids happening. Enough so that my parents actually called in some religious people to, to different types of religions yeah. to bless the house. They're like, we're just going to throw all, everything at it. We're going to do all That's the That's like something that you really see in a movie. Though. <laughs> That's crazy. And so we did bless the house. Like, it wasn't ever... I mean, it got bad for some of my older sisters, um, but for me, it was more like just weird noises, waking up at 3 a.m., hearing things, and like right. weird, especially for a kid. So that happened. Once that was done, it just kind of, it's like, you know, like when you go to a scary movie and everything in the moment, you're like, this sucks, this sucks, I hate this, I want this to be over. But then like a week later, you're sitting there and you're like, God, I really want another good scary movie. Yeah, it's like the adrenaline, yeah. It's that. It's that same feeling where it ended and then I'm like, God, like that was scary, but I want to see that again. Right. And then so me and Chelsea and my buddies Tanner and Alex, we started exploring abandoned buildings in Lakeville, Minnesota. And then we branched out to Iowa, Wisconsin. And then it got to the point where we were like, in order to see something new, we need to go like 10 hours. Like we've seen everything in this right, radius. Yeah. So I had this idea to do a road trip with them and make it a documentary where we go to five places and sleep alone in the scariest places and that's kind of naturally where it all the paranormal part started was kind of it was thrown at me really I didn't really yeah, yeah. want to get into it it just kind of happened and like I've always been a filmmaker and so like my whole life I've been doing comedies dark comedies funny stuff and finally at like the age of 18 or 17 it was like I'm gonna mix my two kind of hobbies here now filmmaking and the paranormal and go do this documentary right and then that turned into the show yeah I, yeah I was just gonna say so when did you like start recording your first, like, you know, encounters with that? Oh, gosh. Like, I mean, the funny thing is when we had stuff at the house, me and Tanner would set up a camera in my basement and then go to bed. So, like, at, like, 2 a.m., we'd let it record, go to bed, and then the next morning for seven hours, we would just watch that tape right. and see if it captured anything overnight. And so a couple of times we captured really weird things, actually enough to where my dad finally called in the blessing because yeah. saw the footage yeah. was like what is that noise <laughs> and so like, that's crazy that was the funny thing it was like genuine like true like the movies paranormal activity before those though and like me and tanner were just 
we'd seen enough, heard enough that we were like from nine in the morning till almost five in the afternoon. We were watching a footage from the night before and like it was like, yeah, naturally. And then next thing you know, now we're doing it full time. Damn. That's great. So you talked about, you know, you did filming. So what are some of the projects you've done with filming? Yeah. So like back in high school, I had a YouTube channel that did really well. But um, since then, I was able to do a couple Lionsgate movies. Yep. So like the Divergent series, Allegiant I worked on. I did a Vin Diesel movie, a Bruce Willis movie. Mm-hmm. Did that for a couple of years. I was a camera operator for TV shows before mine. Uh, one of the shows is called Ghost Adventures. And then I did a bunch of like... They're called pilots, which is right. what like the first episode of any TV show is. It's kind of what they go out to sell. Mm-hmm. So I did a bunch of pilots, and I was able to film with like Brooke Shields in Thailand, and just go to all these places. Um, so it's cool. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of little projects, and now I'm still doing Fear Project Fear. It's crazy. And how long have you been doing uh, Project Fear? I know it used to be called Destination Fear, but yeah, like 2019 was the start of the show, and then it's about six months ago we got canceled. Uh, you know, our ratings are actually pretty dang good still. Mm-hmm. It's just they lost funding. I mean, everyone in the whole country is kind of hurting right now. Right, with right. Funding. And so, I mean, Discovery came in and literally, like, I don't know if you guys saw that Batgirl movie. Nope, I, don't, I haven't seen that yet. So, oh, I guess, like, so it came out that so they made a movie called Batgirl and they spent $80 million on it. And it's ready to be released. And then Discovery scrapped it. And they said, eh, let's just put it because it's, like, going to be a better tax incentive for them just to consider it a loss than to release the movie that's done. So that's the company we were working for. Yeah. That happened around the same time we got canceled. And next thing you know, like one of the top people came in and just kind of slashed everything paranormal. So we, yeah. we got caught. But biggest blessing, I don't know if you saw the last podcast, yep. but biggest blessing, because now we're on YouTube and we're doing, we're, we're having right. more success in all ways. I was just going to say, so what, what was it like in that moment when you found out your show got canceled. Like, what was going through your head? Dude, you and know, everyone else's. <laughs> or your crew. It sucked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Worse than any breakup uh, ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the sad parts were, is like, as much as I didn't like dealing with the network and doing notes, and like, it, the, the crazy thing is, though, is every single day, I would mm-hmm. wake up and call these people and have these discussions and debates and like, after four years of that, it was really weird to wake up and be like, oh my God, like, I don't, and like, they didn't like, it literally went from like, I'm talking to these people every day to I'm getting a phone call from a low level person at Travel Channel who I've never even talked to who's saying we're canceled. I'm like, what happened to the higher ups I've been talking yeah, every yeah. day? It was just like a burning feeling. But this is the funniest part though, is we, we, we had been editing the season that was out like forever. Mm-hmm. We had finally done editing. And we were gonna. We had planned this little golf trip in Arizona. We we're like, we're gonna go do this trip. We're gonna go golf. Just have a fun weekend for the first time in four years. We right. had never rewarded ourselves. On the way up to that trip is when we got canceled. And so oh, we were like about to play five days of golf, and we're like, it literally was like the most anxiety I've ever had because I'm like, okay, well I'm here to relax, but yeah. my whole career yeah. is over. I need to start forming a plan. But it was a big blessing because we. Because I was with Tanner and Alex, we were able to golf, but just be under a roof because we rented an Airbnb. Right. So we were like all together, really focused for those five days. And by the time we had, were driving home, we had the name of our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. We had the the script, the whole Kickstarter that we were going to do. And about a week after that, the Kickstarter was released and we had already raised 
a quarter million dollars. Right, dang. And it was, like, just like that. But we talked about it a little in the last podcast. Right. It would have been so easy to just stop and say, well, I'm going to go find a job somewhere else and just go be an editor or whatever. Uh, Like, it would have been so easy to just give up. Yep, exactly. Too easy. Yep. And we luckily, we didn't. And we had about a month and a half of just pure grinding. Like, no one can't even say anything yet, but we're working on this Kickstarter, working on this new channel. And then... I would say like maybe two months after that was when the video started coming out and paying off. And then right. now, six months later, I'm like, wow, biggest, right. biggest blessing. And that's not yep. just like an, oh, an understatement either. Like that's no, that's you. Yeah. I was producing, editing, starring in a TV show. You'd think I'd be a billionaire or a millionaire, yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> but I wasn't. And I was getting very taken advantage of just like everyone does in the industry. Yep. And uh, now that I own the product and it's ours on YouTube, it's like such a relieving feeling. Right. But yeah, man, it was terrible getting, losing the I show. Bet. I mean, the thing too, for me, that was hard is I have my buddies like, I got us the show. Mm-hmm. It was my editing, my just grinding that got the show. And so for it to all end, I felt a lot of responsibility of, like, okay, well, I have five friends here. Right. My sister's okay. Like, she's, she's running her own business in yeah. Minnesota. She'll be good. But, like, I have five people here who are, like, unemployed now. Right. And, like, yeah. kind of not relying on me, and they don't put that pressure on me, so I respect that. But I felt it. Right, like, right. Oh, my God. Like, I just gave these people jobs for four years. Like, we got to do something. But luckily, like, everyone just huddled together and we totally yeah, true. took a bad thing and made it great, which is hard to do. Yeah, that's right. So, tell me about this. So, you know how people are slowly starting to get away from TV, like, yeah, mm-hmm. like yourself, and people are starting to realize that, you know, YouTube and, like, content is more like the, the new TV era? Yeah. So, what is what, what is your opinion on the creative differences between having your own work versus, like, commercialized, like, TV type of stuff? Yeah. We don't get full demand. I've, I mean, you've probably, everyone's been to a movie before where they're like, why did that suck so bad? Like, that yeah. was so cringe or that was weird. It's because you got 40 chefs in the kitchen. Exactly. All trying to cook exactly. the same yeah. meal. And it's like, some person might like salt, one might like pepper, and then now they're both adding salt and pepper. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that's what happens on TV. And ours is like a micro scale of the big movies. But like, I, I had a vision and I had a documentary to prove it. So like my the whole vision and product was there, and you can see with the show like how they went in and kind of butchered it. Like they they have their own ideas of how things should be stated or how you should act. Like right. Me. Yeah. And um, I just noticed. I mean, every season that went on, I felt like they were adding things that made the show worse and worse, uh, and just making me be someone I wasn't, and all this stuff. And by the end of it, it was it was really fun because I'm doing it with my friends and my sister. But like at the end of the day, it was really uncomfortable because. They were changing the thing I created. So when we got to YouTube, mm-hmm. that was my main thing. was like, all right, we're going back to the documentary. What, what sold the original show, we're going back to that style because that's what worked. And people are loving it because yeah. it's more authentic. There's no planning. We don't mm-hmm. have any. We literally, the only thing that's planned is the haunted locations we'll be spending the night at. The rest is a raw road trip. Like, whatever happens, happens. Right. When it was the show, it was like, all right, we got point eight. We're going to go to this whitewater rafting. And then you guys are going to meet with Greg, who's going to tell you about the hospital. And, like, our whole <laughs> days were just planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just wait. And honestly, I think that's why we're watching the decline of cable is authenticity exactly it's not yeah look at this podcast if this was a if i was getting interviewed for like a radio show right now we would be 
it'll be a fake conversation because mm-hmm. I'd have yeah. my five things I need to say. Yep. And we have be five cutting minutes. out a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, they'd be cutting out stuff. I mean, that's why you're seeing people like Joe Rogan and all these podcasts are like for me. I used to kind of watch the news. Now I don't even touch it. Yeah, me either. Yeah, I just at find all. Podcast. Yeah, like, like uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Like I knew nothing about him. He's running for president. He was on Joe Rogan. Bernie Sanders. Like there's all these people yeah. I don't really. I don't like politics, but there's all these people that I'm like I would have never heard from you, but because it's on a podcast that I like. It's amazing. Like, you literally get three hours or two yep. hours of, like, rawness. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. Because, like, if you look at, like, <laughs> even, like, sports commentators now are moving to podcasts now. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell the difference between when they're on TV and when they have their own podcast. Cause yeah. They're just so real. I mean, I had friends. Because we were, we still had the show. I had some good YouTube friends. Like, people who are really successful at YouTube. So, we still had the show while we were friends with these people. And, like... I would sit there and tell them my day-to-day routine, and they would almost puke. They're like, what the, oh. Yeah. Like, we just had to wake up and do what we wanted today and edit what we wanted. I'm like, no. And I show them my notes. Like, look at these notes. Like, I mean, the thing that I hate about it, and I just hate about our culture right now, too, is the, like, political uh, mm-hmm. correctness. It's like huge now. Yeah. It's like the number one topic that's yeah. talked about all the time now. Like, here's one example, and this, this, these are the daily battles I would go through, but we went to a haunted school, and at the haunted school, there was a football player who passed away from hitting his head too hard, and there was a swimmer who drowned. Mm-hmm. And then there was a couple other, like, tragic things, but those are, like, the main tragedies. Right. Now, the network wanted us to go to somewhere else because I had been constantly going to asylums and prisons, and they basically told me, like, you need to change it up. And I'm like, well, that's, those are the only places that scare me. They're like, well, find something else. So I found this school, thought it was actually cool and creepy, filmed the whole episode there, and we have a scene where we're all just being raw and genuine, and we're sitting in a, a classroom, and we're saying Tanner, like, points out, he's like, could you imagine, like, showing up to school one day and, like, seeing an empty desk, like, where your buddy used to sit and now yeah. he's dead? Yeah. And it just was, like, a good, sad scene, and we're all just kind of reflecting on that. Well, then it turns into a whole week debate with me and the network because they're saying that that conversation is going to remind people of school shootings and that we need to cut out all the tragedy in this episode because it's going to remind people of school shootings. And we're like, it would be one thing if we went to a school where there was a school shooting. Yeah. That would be messed up. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. We're at a school where two athletes died. And yeah. like we can't even talk about it. But like that's the type of uh, tiptoeing they're doing constantly. Yeah. It's like they're always going like, oh, we don't, we don't want people to think like that. So cut it out, cut it out. And it's like, and like the sad thing is, is, like, like at the time, there was a shooting maybe a month or two prior. But I knew the episode I was editing wasn't going to air for eight months. So I literally told them oh, that. I'm yeah, like, do yeah. you really think you're going to be thinking about a school shooting in eight months? Like, I mean, you mean Mike with the yeah. amount of that yeah. shooting. Yeah. No, like, yeah. I mean, it's just like that. every day, though, they have notes where they're like, oh, we think some people might get offended by that. Like, we, uh, we had to cut out the word suicide in our episodes. Um, because someone at the network made the argument that, like, it's a mental illness, so it's not their choice to commit suicide. So we had to say, like, took their own lives. I'm like, that's more specific. Yeah. <laughs> like, committing suicide is kind of, oh, okay, okay, I get it. But they took their own lives is almost more specific. Like, they actually took their life. And it was just dumb. Like, we had so much of that where I'm like, and that's why I think when you watch movies and shows and you're like, that sucked. I'm gonna say, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot going on with the network yeah. side. They, and, restrictions. And the yeah. studios, too. Like, they'll 
you might watch a movie that you're like, gosh, this should have been really funny, but it wasn't. Well, it's like, I bet you there were some really good jokes in the original script and they cut them out because they're worried about maybe this group of people getting offended and that group of people. And it's like, no. How about we don't worry about these people until it is a problem? Because, like, that's my whole thing. Like, with what we're doing now, too, is, uh, like, some of us on our channel... Like we're worried, like Chelsea and Tanner, people are a little worried about swearing because on mm-hmm. TV we got to ble- we had to bleep everything. Right. Now it's YouTube, we don't have to. Yep. But the concern was is like, are these younger families yeah, who watch us? Are they going to be age restrictor video and all that type of stuff? And that was like my whole thing. Like we can't. Let's wait till it's a problem. Let's just put them in, and yep. if it becomes a problem, we'll start removing it. But like, that's the type of mentality I think most networks should have is let's wait till it's a problem and then we'll address it versus like trying to get ahead of all these problems and by doing that you're making your shows like very stale yeah very stale but that's anyway going back to the question that's the difference you have YouTubers and these content creators who just don't care they're not trying to like overanalyze they don't have people being I mean at networks you have people getting paid to note things so imagine that's your job. Yeah. If you get something yeah. that's perfect, are you really going to send it back with no notes? Because that's your job. Too. No, exactly. They have to find something to note. So it's like there's no winning because even if you give them the best product, they can't just send you an empty note and go, great job, no notes. Because then their boss is going to go, no notes. Like, are you doing your job? Yeah. And so like Dang. they have to find stuff. And it just ruins it. Like imagine if you had 25, or imagine if you had 10 people who had to listen to this and it's their job to find errors in this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Digging. So even if they don't necessarily, maybe they listen to this whole podcast, they're like, that was great. Uh, but in their head, like, I am getting paid, though, to know this. I need to give him a couple yeah. notes so he thinks I'm working. I didn't even know that. That was a thing. Like, that's so crazy that you're saying all this. That's how it works. And that's how, I mean, that's a mi- minor scale. Imagine a big movie. Um, you know, you have the studios. I mean, it's they're, they're, ultimately, they're the ones paying for it. So they get the... They get the final say. That's true. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all that stuff is tough. But I think going to YouTube, it's been nice where I'm like, you still have to be alert and not, you know, you don't want to offend anyone by going whatever over the line. But the things right. that they were trying to shut down were like, you guys are way overanalyzing right. things and, like, ruining the shows. So since this is relevant, so how do you feel about cancel culture? I was say, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? I mean, okay, the cancel culture, it's hard because I know how grimy yeah. Hollywood is. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So, like, it's just really hard. Like, some of these people, I'm like, oh, definitely cancel that person. They totally are. Like, okay, my buddy, <clears throat> my buddy was working on a movie. It was Baby Driver. It's uh, Ansel Elgort and mm. a couple other people, but uh, Kevin Spacey's in it. And so this is two years before Kevin Spacey got canceled. Yep. And uh, my buddy called me. We were talking. He's like, you are so lucky you're not on this movie. I'm like, why? And he's like, oh, if you were here, Kevin would have you in his trailer every day. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he just loves young boys. Like, he just is like, if, he would be all around you. He'd be inviting <laughs> you to his trailer. Yo, like, yo. That's so yeah. creepy. Yeah. Two years later, he gets canceled for raping young men. And I'm like... I buy that. I totally believe it. Yeah, I, that's wild. I've had, I'm not going to say these names, but I've had other celebrities. Like, I've worked with the assistant to someone who got canceled, and she told me, like, all these stories way before he got canceled. And then he gets canceled, and I'm like, wow. uh, yeah, I believe it. So the thing that I don't like, though, I like 
the Me Too thing. Yeah. Like, I think that's great. Let's yeah. call out sexual like predators for who they are. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know why we didn't do it to someone like Epstein a long time ago. Exactly. Uh, but um, so I like that. Like I think that's good, and to have be accountable. I feel bad if there's anyone like I do. Like I just know how Hollywood works, and it's very agenda driven. So if you're not on their team, they might do things to try to shut you down. So. Like this Russell Brand stuff. Have you seen that this week? What? He he came out. I mean, the last two years, Russell Brand's been like wildly outspoken, mm-hmm. not controlled, just even conspiracy, whatever. But yeah. he, no one's controlling him clearly, and they have a problem with that. And so he did like some interview with Robert Kennedy like a month ago, and he's just been actively getting more and more vocal and kind of like Rogan, he's getting bigger and people yep. are listening to him. Yep. Yep. And so they, there's like all these sexual assault claims the last week on him. And like, he's had women come out who have said like supporting him who are like, I was with him one night. We went back to his house. He offered me, you know, sex. I said, no. And it was fine. And he was cool. And we had a great night. Yeah. So he's got like girl stuff defending him. That's the part I hate where I'm like, I, I believe 99% of it, but I do feel like there's some people probably getting canceled that it's almost like an excuse to ruin their name. Oh, yeah. yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah. But, like, I, I, so I like that, but I hate um, I hate the political correctness of cancel culture. Yeah. I hate how, like, sexual assault shit every day of the week takes priority, and if you actually are doing it, you should burn. Oh, definitely. But... There's too many people getting canceled for their words now. And yeah, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Know? That is a big problem. Like, you have people saying things. And, like, this is a problem for us, too, is we we had a YouTube channel with 200 videos before our TV show got released. We went in because we were so worried about cancel culture at the time. And we went in and deleted every video or at least put them off the Internet that had anything offensive so yeah. we went from 200 videos to about 90 videos because we had so much things so mm-hmm. many things that were offensive and that's just what bothers me is you have people getting canceled today for something they said in 2012 or 2008 and it's like unfortunately in 2008 there were words we yeah. used and there were different times yeah. like I mean all of like Retarded. There's a word right yeah, there. Yeah, like, yeah. That is a word. When I was 12 and 13, and you were at school, that was like the go-to word. Said it. Yeah, you just yeah, said it. You yeah. know, and so like in our videos, we would that would be like a, a you know, we're 14 years old, and we're right. doing a video with fake guns, and oh, okay, you're retarded. And it's like at the time, no one thought anything of it, but now technically, by today's standards, like you could get canceled for something like that. Right. Yeah. That's, um, that's what I hate. I think, I think it's ruined comedy. Oh yeah. my yeah. goodness! Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing that gets me is, is the comedy side of it. Because mm-hmm. it's like that's their job. Their job is to make you yeah, laugh. Exactly. Well, like the comedians in general are doing. They're the only ones who kind of have a free pass. Yeah, they have a little bit. Of a but free the pass. movies and the TV, that comedy sucks. Yeah, like literally the last good era, like 2012 and below, was when it was good. Oh yeah. Since yeah. then, we've had crap movies. Like comedy, like maybe Deadpool is pretty damn good. Yep. But most movies are doing exactly what we talked about, where they're trying not to offend, but they still want to be kind of funny. Yep. It's like at the end of the day, what's funny is what's offensive. Like people, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. Most people get a really like big laugh out of something they shouldn't be laughing at. Exactly, and, yeah. And that's how it works. And I, I, like, I literally, I wrote scripts for years, and since like in the last two years, three years, I just stopped. I'm like, everything I've written would get me canceled. It would just yep. get, it's too offensive, too dark. 
And I'm just kind of waiting for that day to return. Because everything is like a pendulum. So right now we're on this side where it's just cancel, cancel, cancel. Yeah. yeah. But there will come a time. I think we're kind of starting to see it. I was just it about to back. say. I was just about to say. There's like certain no YouTubers are pushing the fuck cancel culture wave now that yeah. they're starting to speak up about it now. And it seemed it seem like it's starting to shift the other way slowly but surely. Yeah. And I hope it does go back to that Me because too. this whole cancel thing is ridiculous oh, like I mean there's a difference too between like someone trying to be funny and someone trying to be mean so like it's all about tone if someone says something really offensive in a really mean tone yeah. you can be offended yeah okay because they're trying to be a dick yeah. but like there's too many examples of someone just trying to be funny and then getting cancelled or called out when it's like dude they're just trying to make you laugh yeah. right like come on and then like for me I was a comedy fan that's what got me into filmmaking was comedy movies like you know, have you ever seen Tropic Thunder with no. Ben Stiller? Mm-mm. Dude, go back and watch that movie. It's like 2012. It was like one of the last good comedies because since that point, it's like, man, people have just stopped taking risks, stopped trying to be offensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And offensive is funny, man. Like everyone should be able to look at themselves and like make fun of their problems or their insecurities oh, or yeah. their issues. And like, we just need to go back. I hate it. No, oh, yeah, I, I agree. It, you know, it's bad when you like, you know, <laughs> go back and watch a movie like, Jackass or like the scary yeah. scary movie series. Scary. He'd be like, I was just watching a scary movie the other day and I was like, wow, I missed like if they had this movie out right now, <laughs> that movie would be destroyed. I know. Same with Jackass. I'm just like, man, it's just like I, I wish we can go back to that time because now movies are boring. Mm-hmm. They're not as good anymore. The type of comedy is like more family, you know? It, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's like ugh, no one wants that. Like that was I just there was a time like that late 90s early 2000s and even before like honestly the 70s had better freaking comedies some of the time than us like that took more leaps and took more oh, yeah. risks like uh we just need some risk takers to come back the, I think part I of hollywood though that sucks is like it's so controlled now like it really is like a machine where like no one wants to be outspoken or take those risks because they don't want to even run the risk of being canceled because it's their livelihood that depends on it. And so everyone's just playing safe in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on. No, yeah, that's true. So I go on that topic. So you, know, you, have a, you have a pretty big audience. So what you have your supporters, then you have your haters. I want to talk about how do you deal with, you know, on social media with the haters and all that type of stuff. What do you, like, what's your coping method with that? You're just ignoring it, blocking it off? Yeah, I mean, I've never blocked anyone, which is good. Um, I've seen, I've just got a lot of advice over the years, and you've probably seen some people, like, I think Joe Rogan literally said it um, to someone recently on his podcast. Maybe it was Post Malone. And, like, it's just, you just literally don't look anymore. Yeah. I just don't look. And if I, I still try to scroll my mentions and stuff and reply to people and try yeah. to stay engaged. But right. if I see hate, I just keep scrolling and... You know, it's funny, like, some of the time, I actually maybe agree with the person. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, I was kind of being a bitch in that video. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, that's funny. most of the time, though, like, I think for me, it's like, if you've ever been in public and you, you ran across someone who's just mean and, and hating on people, oh, and, yeah. and you know, you know what's going on. They're suffering. Like, they have something happening to them. Oh, yeah. Either a long-rooted problem or something that yeah. just happened, yeah. and like, so they're taking it out on you and everyone else, and, like, it's not right, but, like, that's how I feel about people online when I see, like, 
the obvious hate that's right. like, oh my god, that's so mean. But then you're like, okay, well, I'm like, I kind of feel bad for this guy. Like the fact that he's sitting here thinking that much about my life mm-hmm. and saying this to me, like he must have had a really tough upbringing. That sucks. So right. I just ignore it completely. And like, I. I've had a little more experience with it because I did some stuff like that TV show Ghost Adventures before our show. I had a little bit of fame before it, so I got a taste of it. Right. Um, but I know it was like hard for Chelsea too. Like she, she would always she gets scared and she'll scream and she's the girl. In our right, group. right, right. And so we would get a ton of hate. She would get not even a ton, just some hate. Being like, I hate when you scream. Like, don't scream. <laughs> like, that's so ridiculous. And like, there was a whole season where she'd like cover her mouth. I'm like, what are you doing? No, yeah. Like, I'm not trying to scream. I'm like, because 10 people said so. <laughs> that's, that's so crazy, yes. Um, but I mean, she's gotten so good at it now, and everyone has of just ignoring it. You literally can't. If you try yeah. to think of it, it ru- and I've been there where it just ruins your days. And it's like, it's not even worth it. And uh, I also try to like remind myself that like every time I get a hater, it's good like you're doing something good yeah like you mean that means you're more in the limelight more exposed like less haters mean you just have a small niche of fans exactly more haters means you have a big wide group of people watching you you're doing something right um but i mean i have seen people get way too offended by haters and like i've seen inner creative people like totally just get screwed up over it but like like i have buddies sam and colby and like i've mentioned them already but they're huge i mean their fan base is 10 times what ours is and uh the way they deal with it is just so smart they just don't even bring it up and like that's another thing we had to learn early on is like someone in our group let's and this isn't a real situation but let's just say it's alex alex sees a tweet and it just pisses him off and then he goes to chelsea and then to me we're all together and he's showing us and like that did happen with some of us at times where we would show each other now we're all pissed off and it's like okay wait no the thing we need to do is if you see something, just don't even tell everyone else. Just keep scrolling. Don't right. even... Because then now we're all sitting here for two hours going, well, fuck, fuck Randy. He has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's no, no, wild. No. It's like, okay, well, how many positive messages did we get today? Oh, a lot. Let's talk about those. Is it better not even to bring it up and bring everyone down? Exactly. Unless it's like a... Con- the only things we'll bring up now is like genuine like hate that makes sense. Where they're like, okay, well, this is a mom. This didn't happen, but... This is a mom who's commenting that we need to stop swearing because she has six-year-olds, and I've seen a hundred of those today. Right. Maybe we should stop swearing. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, you just have to ignore it. It's easier said than done, I will say that, because it's easy to go get caught up on one guy's tweet at you that's oh, exactly, completely yeah. trying to make you sad. But the biggest thing, this is the best advice, and too many people suck at it. Don't <laughs> respond to it. Oh, oh so yeah, you fucking make it worse. Yeah. yeah, I follow a couple of these guys on this. They have par- they had paranormal shows. They're older than me. They've been around. They're twenty years older than me, but they're somewhat big influencers or celebrities. Right, and they do it all the time. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, they'll respond to hate with like some sassy response, and it's like haters see that and want to hate then yeah hate go, more oh, yeah. This guy responds to hate. If you go to my page, you go, man, he never ever responds to hate. Like, what's the point in sending him a hate mail yeah. if, like, he's not yeah. even going to see it or say anything? I was just going to say, it's so it's so wild to me how if if you see one person hate on another person, 10,000 other people hate on that person just because they see well, other people doing it. Yeah, like, that's so wild to me. I mean, like, uh, Taylor Swift is a really good example of... Oh, yeah. Me and Tanner were just talking about this the other day where we're like, me and him have no opinion of her. Like, 
I hear her music. I don't love her at all. Right. Just know who she is. That's yeah. it. Let's go to her. But we know people love her. And so let's go to her Instagram. And we like looked at her Instagram and we're scrolling her comments. And it's savage. <laughs> I mean, if she scrolled her comments, she would be so sad. I mean, it's just constant mean yeah. hate. And it's like, okay, well, like knowing I'm not even a fan of her at all. But I know she's not what these people are saying. No, it's yeah. It's just no. like once you get to that level and you have haters, they're they're trying to take you down because you've made it. Exactly. Yeah. They're jealous. Exactly. Jealousy's a mm-hmm. big thing. Jealousy's huge in this industry. Like I've seen so many people act on jealousy. It's like just stop. No, yeah, that's that's well. So how do you deal with fame in public? Yeah, I mean, luckily we kind of touched on this yeah, earlier. Yeah. Like I don't. Uh, I'm a very antisocial person. I work a ton. And a lot of the work I do does involve editing on a computer. And so mm-hmm. I'm pretty much locked in all the time. Right. So I'm not a socialite, so it doesn't really affect me a ton. When I do go out, though, like we, it's not every time, but mm-hmm. there, sometimes it's multiple times, though, where it's like, holy crap, I got recognized three times right, in this right, little yeah, place. Yeah. Um, but I just have to be on, on you know, stay on right. radar. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always have somewhat of a smile and just kind of eyeballing everyone and, it's funny when someone does recognize you, though, how they, you can tell right away. Like, at first it's the staring and the constant looking at you. <laughs> and then, like, they're whispering to someone. And then, like, you usually can know, like, all right, this person's going to come up in, like, yep. a minute or two and say hi. Uh, but, I mean, it's actually it's so cool to meet people in person. If I was a social life person, if I went out all the time, it might suck because then I'm like, man... The one thing I love to do going out is kind of tampering. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But, I mean, it's great. It's so cool to be able to, like, meet people. And I'm such an antisocial person, too, that, like, it's funny because, like, 90% 90% of these people who meet me they're like nervous to meet me but then like I'm like the one who's nervous so I'm like hey I was <laughs> yeah, not wild. planning on talking to someone today no yeah oh well that's funny so you seem like you're locked in so give give us a day in life with Dakota later I want a day in life from point A to B um I mean so now that I don't have the show I can kind of decide my own hours but mm-hmm. like currently I'm usually waking up at like 9.30 and then by Let's just say it's Monday, like usually 9.30, I'm like up by 10 o'clock, I'm editing. And then like, it's pretty much all day, like till 10 or 11. At oh, night. really? Oh, dang. Yeah, you are locked in. Yeah. Yeah, you're locked. I mean, you're the locked. hard part is that my job is I have to do all this editing. But there's also a ton of producing that comes with it with like phone calls and booking locations and just doing the business side of it yeah. too. So it's like my days are like... Oh, I edited from 10 to 2, and then from 2 to 4 calls, and now it's 5, I'm going to eat, and now it's 6, I'm going to go back in until I can't. But I usually try to go until I can't. And the, the thing with editing that's so crappy is like I'm kind of like a, kind of anal with that stuff, where yeah. if I can make it perfect, I will. And so... Perfectionist. Definitely. It's just really hard to... If I wanted to, I could easily just be done at 8 and go, ah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I've done it. Like, literally this happened last night where I wanted to be done at, like, 10. I'm just like, I just want to be done. I'm so tired. I want to go play, like, Oculus and just play golf or something and chill. And so I got up and I put on the headset. Yeah, and yeah. As I'm sitting there loading in, I'm like, I feel so wrong. I'm back. I'm going back to editing. Like, I... I you just I have that work ethic. Yeah, you just have that... It's a good thing to have, definitely. It's a good thing. It's a blessing and a curse. It is. Yeah. I feel like I don't live as much of a life as I should. Like, my time is just so focused on this. But for now, I think for now it's been the hardest because we had a TV show where I had a lot of help. 
I was still calling the shots and doing a, most all the editing, but we had a lot of help that took a lot of weight off my shoulders. Now we have none of that. And so my whole thing right now is like, I really want people at least for as long as I can to watch our YouTube channel and go, wow, that's better or the, at least the same as the show. And so it's a lot more work yep. for me because I'm like, all right, before I had all these people making it look like this. Now it's on me. Um, so it's like a lot of pressure, a lot of like added pressure where I'm like, I want it to be better than the show because it's on YouTube. And that would be such a statement to be like, you don't need a big production company. Yeah, that's fair. So, so this last couple months has been almost all intensive. But yeah, it's usually Monday to Saturday and some Sundays too. Um, I Dang. think I think our first three months of operation, I worked every single day. So it was like wow. almost 60-something days of not crazy. taking Just a day That is crazy. That I mean, I still take hours off. Like it's sun, like Sundays, if I know I'm working on Sunday, I don't put a time on it. So I'll just mm. not set an alarm, lightly wake up, eat breakfast slowly, and then eventually come 2 p.m., like, all right, I'm going to start. I'm going to do some work. Uh, I never try to put pressure on it. But I will say it's not healthy. I try to take Sundays off because it's super nice to have one day that you can yeah, just go out. Yeah. So I mean, how, oh, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say, like, I've had times where I've noticed that, like, by taking a break, it helped. Where I was like, I'm spending so long in here, but I'm, like, so fried that I'm, like, getting little done because my brain is just so fried. But if I just gave myself a mm-hmm. nice big day or two of rest, I'll come back and get yeah, way more done. mental reset, yeah. You yeah. have to. I've almost burned out a couple times. Oh, definitely. I'm just going to say, how do you unwind with, you know, taking a break from everything and just... Peace to peace for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. I literally haven't dated in four years because of the workload and cancel culture. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny you say that. Like, so many people ask me I, why I don't date, and only my family knows the main reason right away. But it was because I had got this show, and I was so paranoid about cancel culture that mm. I'm like, if I don't have sex with anyone, no one can cancel me. Like, you can't cancel <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. If I don't even yeah. attempt. You've not been in drama or anything. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So, it started like that. And then, after like a year and a half of that, I was, it more was just my lifestyle. Like, yeah. I, I tried to date a girl, and then she was like, I could only give her like a day out of the week, and then it was a problem for her. Like, I need more than a day. And I'm like, dude, I can't. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. And that's my problem, too. Um, but how do I unwind? I mean, usually it's just like, I mean, I do enjoy weed, I will say. (laughs) 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 Not every day. I feel that. I feel that. There's no wrong with that. You know, not in the daytime either. Like, you try to, I try to, like, reward myself with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, all right, it's nine. I've worked all day. Like, I'm going to smoke a big fat blunt. (laughs) (laughs) Just the way you said that. I know. I do enjoy weed. (laughs) (laughs) How do I whine? I do enjoy weed. I mean, fuck, it's so, like, with me, drinking is the opposite of some people where if I drink, I actually am out of my brain. Not, like, in a bad way, but I'm just not, can't expect me to do anything business, anything that needs to be functional. I just can't. Yeah. So, like, I actually feel like I'm out of my body if I drink. With weed, it's the opposite, where I'm, like, I'm extra in my body. Yeah. Thinking about every word. Thinking about everything, yeah. And so, at the end of the day, it is nice to, like, sometimes I'll even, like, edit till, like, eight or nine do like a walk or something smoke yeah. a joint or just smoke yeah, exactly. and chill yeah, yeah. and then go back and watch what I did and I don't I won't I'll make sure I save what I did before right right but I'll like make I'll see things all the time where I'm like okay I've been like so locked in on this thing I kind of forgot 
Like, it gives me a fresh perspective. Exactly, yeah. It's almost like the only way to watch what I've edited with a fresh perspective is to get high. Yeah, like, oh, yeah I know what you mean by that, I yeah. think that could be way scarier. That music is kind of dumb or whatever. Um, so it's nice. Like, I unwind with... It's not, I'm not saying use drugs to unwind. No, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of been a nice, like, do that, watch a movie or something. And then my family's been, like, main important. That's why I moved back to Lakeville, Minnesota, is that. Just because, like... If I'm going to be working so much and in my brain all the time, I'd rather be close to family. So, mm-hmm. like, then the night, like tonight, I could be done at nine or ten, and then I go walk over to my parents' exactly. house. Exactly. Yeah, you're very close. Cool, yeah. Hour and two of just socializing and kind of grounding, and then go back. So, how is it? So, since you say you're living in Lakeville now, so how is it? You know, living in Vegas, that high like <laughs> profile, like things are going on twenty four seven, like compared to Minnesota. I think it's a. Uh, it's really weird for me because I don't socialize. I've been to one club in Vegas, and I've been to, I've been gambling a couple times, but yeah, that's yeah. only when people are in town. Uh, I think the worst part for me is almost the pressure of it, where like I'm such an antisocial person that, like this time, like when I got back to Minnesota, I started thinking a lot about Vegas. I'm like, like why am I there? I'm like wasting my time. Yeah, like, there's yeah. all these cool things happening every day, but I'm just grinding and working, and like. Um, so, I mean, it works out for me, but uh, it could be a really dangerous place for someone who has no, like, control or right. self-control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so easy. I mean, the best part is, though, this is this is such a lame thing, but it's the, the hours of the food. It's the best. Oh, yeah, yeah. I came back here, and I was like, I'm hungry. It's, like, almost midnight. I'm like, I'm going to go get some food. And then I'm like, Taco Bell's closed. McDonald's is even closed. Like, yeah. nothing yeah, was open. Is, yeah. No, yeah. In Vegas, it's like they try to make you forget about the time. So it could be 3 yeah, a.m. true. Yeah. something open. That's true. <laughs> so what made you move there originally then? Um, So we were doing music videos on the side. And all of our videos were EDM, electronic musicians. Mm-hmm. And most of them wanted us to be in the West Coast. Right. And so we actually lost a really big gig from a company or a, a brand of sisters named Nervo and they're really big in the, the come up of dubstep mm-hmm. and uh, they wanted us to actually do their video but they the only requirement is that we needed to film it in, a, in Vegas and be in Vegas and we were like dang it like if we were to if we flew there with all of our equipment and everything we would take a huge loss on this job like, right. we're not going to make any money then so that happened and then I was on the side filming for the TV show Ghost Adventures and then they um they only film out of the West Coast. The host of that show, Zach, he's afraid to fly. And so I was always flying from Minnesota to Vegas to film with them. Always. Vegas, right, right. California, Arizona. And then finally yeah. we were like, enough happened. Where we were like, let's go to Vegas. And uh, uh, seven months okay. after moving there, we got our show. That's nice. So we went out yeah. there. There was actually a day. This is well, motivational. Like we, we remember how I mentioned how we were spamming the DMs of musicians? Yeah. Yep. So it became like a job for us. Once we moved to Vegas, like I was working on Ghost Adventures on the side, but Tanner and Alex and my other buddy Alex, like they were every once in a while they got on that show, but most of the time they weren't. And so like it was pure grind time. Like we need to find something to do or else we can't live here. Yeah. And so there was a time where everyone in the house would wake up and just make that their routine. Spam, message people, trying to get right. videos. And I remember getting the phone call saying, officially, the show is picked up and it's going to happen. We're going to film on this date. And it was the best feeling ever. I'm walking into Tanner and Alex's room and they're both on their phones emailing, just crazy. <laughs> and I just walked in. And I'm like, guys? They're like, yeah. I'm like, you guys can stop what you're doing. And they're like, well, what? I'm like, we don't need to do this anymore. And they're like, That's what are you saying? I'm like, 
we just got a TV show. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. I, I bet that feeling was amazing. Yeah, so cool. So cool. So where, so I feel like, cause I feel like you're so like, you know, grind, like your work mode. So I know I asked you in the, in the first part of this podcast, but like, how really is your mental health? Like how, like mentally, how are you? Yeah. I mean, I'm good. It could be better. I think the workload does take a toll where I have to find ways to give my brain a break. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so here's, we didn't talk about this, but this is similar. Like, here's the thing people don't understand with editing is like, it's me and a computer for 12 hours. I'm not talking. I'm yeah. not talking to anyone. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm such a head case now where like, I, yeah. can, I can sit in a room for five hours and be totally entertained with just my thoughts because yeah. that's what editing trains yeah, exactly. you to do. Yep. So it is a little isolating and sad or scary when I'm like editing all day. And then I get on my phone, it's, I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, I clear my throat, I'm like, <clears throat> my voice, whoa, I can, <laughs> I can talk. No, yeah, that's wild. So it's like, it is scary getting lost in your head so much, and like, I don't know, it's, it, it has the potential to be kind of bad on mental health, but mm-hmm. I try to balance it out with friends, family, and all yeah. of that, but I mean, the whole not dating thing too, like that's been a... I mean, it's a, a decision I have to make right now, because the amount of hours I'm I need to do and I have to do it's like it would be really hard to date someone unless they were my wingman like side by side right know? right yeah. um but that whole that's taking a you know that's not fun not dating yeah. like it's really hard too when you have really hot fans throwing themselves at you <laughs> no yeah and it's like I just try to take the high road like I'm especially with the fan base like I would never I can't do that um that's how you get canceled I just want to say how do you yeah. deal with that like people like <laughs> like women in, in your DMs and all that type of stuff <laughs> the DMs is easier because it's not you know it's not real yet yeah, yeah. yeah but the hard part is when we do like conventions and there's like every once in a while there's like a really attractive person yeah. who is talking to us and clearly is hitting on us or whatever and it's like it would be so easy to just bang it'd be so easy <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Like, that's oh, the yeah. thing that's how that's where people yeah. in your, your type of field and I know that there's really successful people who do that. Oh, yeah. And, oh, they, yeah. and it's nothing actually illegal about it. Cause no, it's, yeah. As long as they're of age, it's fine. But exactly, yeah. for me, it's more of like a, like a responsibility thing yeah. where I'm like, okay, I don't want to be known as that guy. I also don't want to break this girl's heart. You know, get and whatever, and also like get exposed and all that, and like yeah. drama and you get allegations and all that type yeah. of stuff. And even just like the great power comes with great responsibility. Yeah. It's yeah. like <laughs> Batman's <laughs> uncle or uh, yeah. Spider-Man's uncle yeah. said that. <laughs> but it's true. Like I've seen too many people with the the fame power abuse it, and it it turns out to be really bad. And later come at full circle and cancel them or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, that's just been my thing. I'm also, like, uh, and it's so weird. I'm such a weird person because it's not even religious or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I got to the point, because I fucked around for a couple of years. Yeah, right. Before the show, I had girlfriends and had no problem hooking up with people. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it just kind of got to a point where I was, like, my favorite times I've ever hooked up with someone was when I was with someone I was with for a long yep. time. Yeah, exactly. It was never those one night or those every once in a while nights. It was always with someone I cared about. So mm-hmm. I'm like, that's 
there's definitely something to be said for that. So that was kind of like the decision I made when we got the show. I was like, I'm only going to go forward with someone if I'm like really dating them. Right, you go and through it's phases. Such, like usually it's the other way around. It's the girls who are doing that. Like yeah. only if you're dating me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's how I am. Like only if I'm dating you, I can get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But it's more of just like a, I mean, here's the other thing too. Like we talked about distractions and partying and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's almost worse sometimes for guys is pussy. Like, yeah, no, yeah, it, I've seen people it where it's like a plague where it's that's like all, all they think about. Yeah. All they think about, right, they get yeah. horny, they go on Tinder and they're swiping, 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 swiping. <laughs> and then they spend three hours messaging, messaging, messaging. It's yeah, like, no, okay, yeah. well, if you use that time to like maybe work on your career in no time, the girls will be coming your way anyway. Oh, yeah. Because of your career. Oh, uh, yeah, it's true. But it's like with partying and sex, like it just really, I've seen it completely ruin people or just waste their time. And at the end of the day, it's like, you're, like for me, that's what I always tell myself. Is it's not like I'm not going to. I'm just going to like work really hard. And then by the time I'm like ready to like settle down with someone, it'll be a lot easier. Right, right, right. I'll be able to have money, success. and That's true then no worries anymore versus the constant worries. Yeah, yeah no, I get that. <laughs> I get that. It's crazy. But what a wild ride it's been. I mean, like, I'm definitely glad the first couple of years I wasn't dating, but like about last year, I was like, I need to start. But this YouTube stuff happened and it's like my time. I've actually been working double now than what I used mm-hmm. to. So hard. I gotta say, it almost seems like you don't even have time for one right now. No. But how you be working, which is good though. I mean, I like I could tell because like it got to a point where like even calling my family and my sisters got hard. Where oh yeah. Like oh my god, it's been a month. I haven't talked to anyone. Oh my god, I need to call them. And it turns into like a a Sunday four hour thing, or I'm just calling everyone like so sorry, how's it going? And that's when that really hit me. I'm like, dude, how am I ever gonna date if yeah. I can't even keep up with yeah. the people I yeah. care about? Yeah. Like more like I would if. If I'm going to give time right now, I'd rather go to my immediate family than, than with course, some girl 100%. who may or may not end As, up with yeah, me. Yeah, much respect. Yeah. I mean, I've seen fr- really good friends of mine, too, like with dating, just like get way too caught up in it to the point where they like stop working. Yeah. They just stop like everything. They give up their whole lives for this person. And it's like, I just don't want that. Yeah, that's wild right there. That's wild. Yeah, I know. That is wild. So, I mean, if I find someone, it'll be someone who just has to understand the the grind. Like, Oh, yeah, have to. have. That's a must. And it's not like I'm cheating or clubbing or partying or any of the fun stuff. I'm literally working, but, like, some girls that just find it hard, like, there's, they need my time. And I'm like, oh, it's so hard. Yeah, I bet, especially for you, I bet that you need a one that understands what you do yeah. to a T. Because that's, that would be really hard in mm-hmm. your situation. Like, because you're... The hours that you're putting up just grinding mm-hmm. and you just don't have know, time some most some girls i date you know or when i've dated they they have that assumption most people do like so successful has following he probably has girls throwing him at, like throwing them at him all the time yeah. like that's where when i'm not with them every day they're like get worried like yeah. and it's like ah, if only they knew i'm like i'm literally like the opposite of what you're thinking right now right yeah i get that Let's go back to like the ghost stories a little oh, bit. Yeah. Some so, ghosts. um, <laughs> every time we bring up the ghost, he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. So, is there any like encounter, you know, <laughs> that you went out to a place and you're just like, yeah, fuck this. I'm done with ghost story. I'm done with the ghost hunting. Um, let me think. So, there's two stories. I'm never done just because I'm like, I gotta. It's funny because I, I thought I would get better. Yeah. I thought by like 
four years later, I'd be like more comfortable, but I'm actually not. Cause it's like you go and you have one thing like that scream happen. Yeah. Now that's all you're thinking about every time you go somewhere is what you've seen yeah. happen before. Oh yeah. So it almost gets worse. Um, but there was one time where we were at a prison with like this terrible, terrible man named Red Snyder and I was in his cell <laughs> and uh, he was like, I don't know how many people he killed, but he was terrible. Damn. And uh, we, I was just being dumb and I was like kind of like taunting in like a weird way and I'm not even a strong, tough person, so I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> and next thing you know, like it felt like someone took a hot frying pan and hit me in the back. And bro, I literally like, jumped up and I started grabbing my back. I'm like, what the fuck? That's so weird, bro. Well, what? the weird thing is it wasn't scratches, but on my back was like a half inch thick of puffed, like inflamed lines. <laughs> what? But it wasn't scratches. It was like almost like an allergic reaction. And I didn't have, I don't have allergies to only dogs and it wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, but the creepy oh. thing about that is like devil's advocate in me was like, okay, maybe I like leaned up on something earlier and have, I am having a weird allergic reaction and that's what I felt on my back. Um, but no, it like literally didn't, it has never happened to me since. And then I think that happened around nine o'clock at night, but by seven in the morning when we were leaving, the marks were still there. So we're like, this is weird. This isn't yeah. like some, it wasn't like I leaned on something and it like made an imprint on my back. Yeah. And it's only there for 40 minutes. Like it was there the entire night. Damn. So that was creepy because I don't know how to explain it. And it was physical. Man. Anything that I hear or see, at least I can kind of go like, get over it but when it's physical right. it's like wait yeah. what just happened Cause it's yeah. never happened right. since ever Jeez. um yeah i mean i think the the door opening or closing at this this uh one of our newer videos that was big for me because uh it was just so shocking so right, shocking right. i'm on the third floor of a sanatorium and i hear like a high-pitched moan I grab my camera and I'm filming down the hallway and I'm like asking questions like what was that? I'm thinking maybe animal at this point and all of a sudden the door I'm filming which is like maybe a hundred yards away just goes and just closes in front of me. Oh fuck no. I hit the deck. Fuck no what? And like yeah I always try to play devil's advocate like maybe the wind maybe something but when you look at the series of events on that one it's like okay wait there was like three things that led up to the door shutting. It wasn't just the door shutting. So scary. Man. So do you ever get like scared that like these like demons and like spirits are gonna follow you home or Definitely. bother you while you're sleeping? Or do you ever think about that while you're going to bed? Yeah, I mean I I'm not like the best Christian, but I will say like from an early age, like before we even got into this, like I made sure I was every location or every time I pray and I just I try to ask for protection and mm-hmm. yeah. but what's funny is what I've found this is kind of a, a statement to the industry I'm in, but like as scary as these ghosts can be and as some of these evil demonic type places, I think the hardest spiritual battle I've still had is just being in this industry right? and yeah. dealing with the types of people and the morals that they have. And like, that's almost been harder. I've almost had to pray more about that. Like just help me get through this moment or help me get past this or help me work well with these people who I can't stand um versus like the the scary stuff uh but i i do pray a lot and and i pray more than than more than just like protection too like i ask god all the time to like open doors for me and when the show ended i mean this is i'm like not a good religious person and if i was ranked as a christian i'd be like an f yeah just because i'm not good but uh Mm -hmm. when the show ended i literally remember 
just praying in like I I pray but not a lot and so mm-hmm. I just remember asking like can you please just like open up a new door for me and like something that's equally as exciting as this show like I was just really worried right like, this show is such a cool thing and I don't want this to be the thing I look back at my whole life and go that was with the times yeah yeah I don't want these to be the times I want these to be the come up to the times exactly yeah and so that was like my prayer just open a door for me. And then, like, the next day, I'm eating Chinese food with my buddy, and he brings it into the office, and he's, like, insists that we look at the fortunes. And, like, it was just weird. And my fortune <laughs> said, like, when one door opens, when one door closes, another door opens. And I was, like, true. In my head, I was literally crapping my pants because I'm, like, I've, I haven't prayed in a long time. Yeah. And I just prayed for that exact thing last night. And the lucky number was mine. I'm, like, this is, I'm looking too much into this. This is That is wild right there. That's, that's, that's wild. But then three months later, I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, one door did slam shut in my face, but a bigger, better door completely open. And I was blind just see it until now that's crazy man yeah but i mean, i definitely like i'm not the religious type of person who's gonna cram it down your throat but i do think it's important to like ask whatever religion you're in ask for help yeah i think like i agree most people assume like they're better than that or i don't need to ask for help i got this and it's yeah. like dude no i've needed help every step of the way and i feel like there were things that happened in my life that i worked really really hard so i did put myself in the right positions but there are still things that happen every year or two that I'm like, that was purely God. I didn't that I got so lucky that that happened that like just so many times where I'm like, that's a prayer being answered for sure. Um, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and just to like keep me out of the evilness, man. This whole industry is full of it. Not even the ghost stuff, just the industry. Yeah. Right. So if you had to tell us, tell me one thing that happened to you in life that you had to bounce back from, and that you you're glad that happened. And it made you a better person. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, we talked about it, I think, an hour ago, but this was, like, the big one. And uh, when I was in high school, I was dating a girl mm-hmm. all four years. And then we went to college. She went to college. I went to work on movies. And then we dated for another year. So it was five years. Right. And uh, basically, I found out through a fan that she was cheating on me in college. Cause I through basically, a fan? Dude, I mean, oh. crazy enough story. This fan sends me Snapchats, and I'd never talked to this fan, and they're like, is this your girlfriend? Damn. And I was my girlfriend at a party. I'm like, yeah? Like, what the hell? And then she's like, well, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, am I really going to listen to this fan? Right. So yeah. she's telling me all these stories about what happened, and I'm like, this does not sound like my girlfriend. She's such a good girl. She would never do that. Well, then I'm like, well, if you see that again, send me a picture. She ended up sending me a picture of her, like, with some dude, like, totally just making out. And I'm Damn. Like, Damn. And, like, at a party being very, very flirtatious. I'm like, well, this is great. So that sucked. Biggest upset at the time. Yeah. I mean, just crushed. Well, I would imagine. And, uh, but that was, like, an, a perfect example of not letting something destroy you because... Exactly. I went off. I worked on some movies, like, on, on a movie for about two months. And the entire time, I was just trying to almost plot my, not my revenge, but, like, how am I, my whole goal from that point on, because she was in, um, this girl I was dating was in this program called Youth in Government, Mm -hmm. and she was, like, the governor of it. Like, she was very smart and very intelligent, and literally in my head, I'm like, okay, 
best case scenario, she becomes a governor for real one day. Yeah. I need to make sure that what I become is cooler than that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. That oh, was my yeah, thinking. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's just say she does perfect and she becomes a governor. Well, I want to become so famous that she's... It was just stupid motivation, but that's what motivated me. And so for two months, I just thought of ideas, thought of ideas... And like we talked about, I had the idea for this documentary. Right. I thought it was like a really cool idea. I had seen all the other paranormal stuff, and I knew that this was going to be different. And uh, we did it. It didn't come to fruition right away, like not till four years later. But four years later, it did get turned into a TV show and became my main source of income, my main life now. And it's literally an idea I had from a bad breakup. Like, Crazy. Crazy. And I, I think we talked about it in the last podcast, right. but that's been number one for me every step of the way every bad thing that's happened even my grandpa dying like last year it was like there's ways that makes you better oh it does yeah it made me you know just everything every bad thing like when your grandpa dies it Mm -hmm. makes you go oh man I need to really respect and pay more attention to the people in my life today it does yeah it opens your eyes up a little bit wider those are the successful people who do that are the ones that make a bad thing good exactly people who fail that make a bad thing bad that's true. Yeah, and it's good advice, to sulk. Yeah. It's good no, to, yeah. You got to be, if something bad happens, it's definitely good to let it out. Like if something 100%. sad happens, mm-hmm. cry it out. Like get it out of your system. Let yeah, your emotions show, but then don't let it be more than like a two or three week thing. No, right. I agree. Get over it and move on and make, make yourself better. I agree. So tell me this. So what is some or one of the greatest advice someone has ever told you? Mm. You know, it's funny. So... <laughs> It's, uh, I've had really good advice. I'm sure I could say, name a bunch of oh, it. Yeah. But uh, this one's just funny. It's a guy, uh, he was on the show Ghost Avengers. His mm-hmm. name is Zach. Me and him are not friends anymore. He was technically my mentor, and he totally just was not my mentor. <laughs> uh, that's a whole podcast right there. <laughs> the guy did not have my best intentions. He was sociopathic egomaniac like just really not fun especially when I was a big fan of him but I will say when I was 16 I met him for the first time in no second time in Las Vegas I was there with my mom and uh he had seen my YouTube videos where I made fun of his show in like a nice way and so I told him I was in Vegas and he actually let me go check out the studio like the little area they were editing at and that was Mm -hmm. huge for me and like so inspirational but I actually, as much as I disliked the guy, he did have really good advice that day. We were sitting there on his balcony looking at Vegas. I'm 16, and he's the one who basically told me about partying and, like, how that... He's like, don't do it. Just, like, don't. You're about to hit an age where it's going to be fun. And he's yeah. like, dude... And he ha- he's talking from experience. He came out the other end, but he was this close to really ruining his life from partying. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he had eight years of stories of just nonsense ridiculous party right and uh that was his advice at the perfect time in my life too where i was about to start making these kind of decisions am i gonna drink a ton smoke a ton Mm -hmm. what am i gonna do and at the time at the time not anymore but he was kind of like an idol to me and i'm sitting there face to face and he gave me that advice and it helped like it was uh wasn't the only reason i didn't party a ton and like get lost in drugs and alcohol but it was a big reason because just the tone he told it to me was like right, I could yeah. tell this guy's peak like literally giving me genuine advice right now and straight from the heart like he was very regretful of the partying he did and he, he basically made it sound like you know if he didn't just if he didn't party like that he'd be way happier 
Dang, the decisions he made, the life he led. So, great advice because I didn't. I in my crucial years, I decided to work versus party. Still had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. But like he, that was great advice, and it came at the perfect time. Yeah, man, that's what's that's what's up. Yeah, I mean, how many people do you know that like went to college for a degree? And it's like when you see them, you're like, you're just partying. Yeah, yeah. oh, I see it all the time. Yeah. And that's most people. And some don't even make it all the way through. Well, and then they get out at 23 or 22 and they're like, oh, the government should pay me back for my student loans. It's like, no, you shouldn't have been so stupid no, to yeah. go to school for something you didn't know. Like Exactly. It's a huge decision, school. It's a hundred thousand plus oh, dollar yeah. decision. Years yeah. are paying yeah. it back, years. Like when you buy a hundred thousand dollar car, you make a lot. Of time, you take a lot of time on that decision. Yeah. If you anything that's a hundred thousand dollars, you spend a lot of time. It feels like college is the one thing people don't. Really no, like, yeah. Oh, I'm 18, I gotta go. Uh, let's do that college. Let's do yep. that. I want to go party. And I want to do this. It's four years of them being away from their family partying, and then they get out of it and they're like, I owe how much? I'm gonna be paying that off till what age? Yeah, wow, yeah. So literally, you could have went and worked at McDonald's for those four years and been better. That's true. I Not agree. everyone, but most. Yeah. There's a lot of people where I'm like, damn, you screwed up. No, yeah, that's true. I mean, I was so lucky to not have debt. Like, I started my first paycheck after the age of 18 was pure profits now. Now I'm saving. Okay. Yep. I have friends now who I still work with that are paying off loans from, and they will be for 10 more years. Right. It's like, so like literally it's I don't I wish I could stress it more because I didn't even realize it at 18 but it is such an important decision mm-hmm. to go or not to go or, or just when to go like oh that's true I mean you have to think about it as like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life am I okay with that I agree if you have any sort of like eh, iter like feel like bitter feelings about it don't commit yet Exactly why I didn't commit. I had that little feeling. I was like, eh, do I really want to go for yeah. all the right reasons? Yeah. And I didn't go. And now you're, I mean, did you end up going or did you just skip it completely? So, so I'm, so I'm a welder. So I went for a little bit and then I stopped going right before I had to start paying nice. because I got the welding job. Cause I was like, yep, I don't need this. Most Smart. jobs look for experience. Oh, and then I just left. So, but I don't really count it cause I was there for like two weeks, Dude, I mean, and then I was I just I left as soon as I got the job. Well, I mean, consider I mean that's the thing. People who there are a lot of lazy people who would go. I don't want to go to college, but it's like you have to do something. Then like you're mm-hmm. doing, like, yep. you have to still decide to do something. Right. Um. But like think about it. Like you're most people spend maybe a hundred grand on college for their four years, maybe eighty grand. Uh, but with interest and paying that off, that's more like two hundred fifty grand. Oh, of course. Yep. So like you're already by not going to college and having a job, you're a quarter million dollars ahead of most people. No, yeah, age. yeah, no, yeah. It's definitely something I'm. I'm glad I did. Yeah, it's a lot, man. Definitely so much money. I mean, yeah. There's so much I could say about college. <laughs> it's just I, there's some industries you have to like anything medical makes. Ton yeah. Of sense. Oh yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you gotta do it. But like if you can. Go on YouTube and find a tutorial teaching you how to do that thing. It might be in your best interest to try to self-learn first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then decide what schooling you need. But, like, dude, couldn't even tell you. I went to a films class. This is a story no one knows. I went to a film class at UCLA when I was 17. It was a summer camp, and UCLA is the best film school in the country. And uh, I went there. It's supposed to be a month-long and I hated it 
every second of it because I had already learned everything. Everything they were teaching us. That's crazy. Everything. There wasn't one thing I was like even... It was like the beginner's guide to every part of filmmaking. And I'm like, I've been doing this for six years. Like, I've been learning all these things. Like, such a waste of time. I actually kind of... I mean, (laughs) I was a little rebellious, but I got kicked out of that. I just got... Me and my buddy Alex were like... After two weeks, we're like, this is bullshit. I can't believe our parents are paying for this. Uh, let's just go have fun while we're here in LA. <laughs> That's so funny. We, we broke out of the camp. We went and bought some weed. <laughs> <laughs> they found us. We got kicked out. Dang. That's another funny story, though. So I got kicked out of this camp, right? UCLA, the biggest camp, yep. for weed, really was the co- the problem. I'm yeah. like 16, 17, and uh, this guy, they're kicking us out, and they're talking to us, and like they're treating us like we just killed someone. They're yeah. literally like, this girl's staring at me, and she's like, oh, you guys just had such big careers ahead of you oh my god and I'm like really I'm genuinely scared now I'm like oh my god like have I been fucked like what am I doing with my life I go on my first movie set as an 18 year old now two years later on day two the hair and makeup department is passing a blunt around (laughs) what by the end of that movie I realized everyone including the director is smoking weed and chilling yo that's wild and actually I mean I hate to preach Pro marijuana, like I've never done any other drugs, just weed. Yeah, right. That's it. But it actually kind of became to be a benefit that I did because I'd be sitting there with adults who are yeah. way older than me, and going, "Oh, we're gonna go smoke." And luckily, I knew how to handle my shit because I was like, well, "I'm so glad I've been smoking all these years." Oh yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be able to go have a real conversation with them while I'm high and not be paranoid. A deep combo too. A deep combo too. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. And so, uh, but I don't know. I think that's a. Uh, when it goes to weed, though, I don't want anyone listening to this to think that, like, oh, he just did drugs and made it. It's like, no, <laughs> I smoked weed. I didn't, I probably drank less than most people, any, most people right, you know. Right. And uh, just, I did it respectfully and responsibly, except that one time, but I was trying to get kicked out. No, yeah. <laughs> it's actually funny to say that, too, because when I went to welding school, I was, like, already, because I already have done it, and, like, I was so far advanced on everyone, I was like, I don't even want to be here because it's boring. Yeah. And like even the even the lady the instructor told me he's like, don't go to school if you already have a job. Yeah. Because I was like doing all the well tests and I was like passing them all and I'm just like and they're like, have you welded before? I'm like, yeah. He was like, why are you here? Yeah. And it was just like stuff like that. And I was just like, nah. So I went back. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree with what you said with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just there's very little I think today that you can go to school for that where, where it actually makes sense. Anything medical, anything up there, and the sciences maybe. But, like, business even, it's, like, depending on what you want to do, if you just want to work at a company, it's yeah, probably good yeah. to go. But if you want to start your own business, don't need I don't it at think all. you need to go to business school. No. Use that hundred grand to start up your company. Exactly. And you might be a millionaire by 25. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. I mean, I have, uh, there's a kid in my school, I won't say his name, but he was literally, in high school, was the shit of the class. He was the kid that you're like, he's going to prison at 18. There's no way he's going to make it out <laughs> yeah. of here. I mean, he was just the class clown. I, I thought it was funny as hell. Yeah, right. Um, but it's so funny. I, I don't, like, out of everyone in my high school, he made it the most successful, other than maybe, like, me and Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he, what he did was he ended high school and he just said, I'm going to, didn't, he didn't go to college. He started like an air conditioning business okay. and by like mid twenties, he was like rolling in dough. Damn. And then looking at everyone else I graduated with everyone else. I'm like, all these people I thought were going to be something are like just still clinging on to life. 
and trying or not even trying. And this guy who didn't even try in high school is killing it, but it's because he had a freaking he just he had a skill set that not a lot of people have, which yep. is just like ballsiness. True. He just had the balls to do it, and he did it. I agree. That's true. He ended up hiring like ten people out of my class. Like he became oh, the really? boss. Damn. Like that's wild. But it's that like, is wild. <laughs> I also think it stresses how unimportant high school is. Yeah. Like the, really unimportant. I can go for years on that because they they do not teach you the no. things that you need to know. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can. I'm I can sorry. go. As boring as it would be, and as much hate as you would get. They need to do a class on taxes. Yeah. Taxes. Yeah. Dude, that was the most confusing thing out of high school. Yes. It's like, how do I do my taxes, Dad? And he's trying... It wasn't until, like... I still don't get it. I just have higher yeah, something, finally. exactly. But taxes, like, credit so score, credit. Like, financial literacy. Yeah, they... Like how to handle your money. Yeah, mm-hmm. they... Yeah, because they don't... You don't want any of that. No. All that was just new to me as soon as I graduated. Yep. And it would definitely make high school more boring, but way more important. Way more important, yeah. yeah. I think the best thing you can get out of high school is just social life a little bit. Make, memories, make some yeah. friends, have some memories, life but, like... Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. don't I, I remember being so stressed in high school over like tests and things yeah. and it's like even the people who are like really need they need that 4.0 to get to the college they want to go to it's just like if you live like you're gonna be okay right high school is not even where it starts it's where like maybe lightly where your life starts to kind yeah. of start but yeah like, yeah no. there's nothing that happened to me in high school that i look back at and i go i'm so glad i did or didn't do that like there's nothing i could have not went and been the, the same person yeah you changed completely after even right. after high school you just exactly. and you, you just change over the years <clears throat> which is nuts yeah no but I think I'm going to end it off here. That was a pretty good podcast. Sorry, and man. I appreciate their time for yeah, both podcasts. Yeah, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun. And I appreciate you being so open and honest about yeah, things. Yeah, I love that. I love when guests are like that. I just love it. Yeah, you have real, to, man. man. It's like, that's what makes podcasts so good. Exactly, yeah. I, I love the raw talk. I love yeah, it. Uh, no, man. It's great. I mean, it's funny, though, because I have done, like, news and, and interviews that are edited for TV. Yeah. And it's different. Like, it just shows you how much more enjoyable this oh, is. Oh, yeah. You literally have, like, okay, I have two minutes till commercial, and I need <laughs> to promote that September 10th the new season comes out. <laughs> it's just like, oh, God, it's so scripted. No, yeah. Speaking of that, so before you head off, do you want to promote anything, you know, anything coming up and all that type of stuff? Yeah, I mean, just honestly, at this point, now that we're on YouTube, it's a lot easier to follow. Yeah, uh, yeah. This Project Fear on YouTube, we, let's see, we have... Starting mid-October is when our next batch of episodes air. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're going to be All trying to upload that, like yeah. 22 to 25 mm-hmm. a year, which is like almost every other week. And yeah, just go follow us on there. It's awesome. Paranormal scary stuff. Uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Andy, you? Love promotions. No, yeah, yeah. Promotion, last words, all that. But yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to drop these podcasts episodes soon. Obviously, Dakota, appreciate you coming through. You know, taking time out of your day and just keeping it real. That's yeah, what yeah. we strive for, just keeping it real. Like, yeah. Strive for that. And that's it for me. Sweet. This is the Walk It Talker podcast. Make sure you walk it like you talk it. Sorry. Xavier Walker <laughs> out. Dakota. Hell yeah. Andy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it was good. It was good. <laughs> Peace. Peace.